It's news to us. We are live on IDB Radio. It is the week of October 25th, our Halloween show. If you do call it that, I guess it's sort of a Halloween show. Kind of. Not really. Sort of. Kind of. Jason's wearing a uh, pumpkin. What do you call that thing that you're wearing? A headband with pumpkins. Headband with pumpkins. What were you going to say? This show is going to be spooktacular. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um, well, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, there was that crazy story with Alec Baldwin over the weekend. So uh, in case you missed that news, I don't know how you could. It was very big news. Alec Baldwin accidentally shot and killed a director of photography and the director of a movie he was working on. Um, and uh, Wait, we're gonna- the director died too? Now, the director uh, didn't die as far as it was, you know, still hit with the bullet. Uh, yeah, very okay. tragic story. And we're going to bring on a firearms expert to talk about the, the safety precautions they have on movie sets. And uh, mm-hmm. maybe we can figure out what went wrong here. We're going to launch our own investigation into this on its news to us. So uh, his name is Bill Frady. He'll be joining us in just a few minutes. And then also Jarrett and Gary from Bowling for Soup and also the Rockstar Dad Show are going to be joining us. So busy, busy, busy. We better jump into a busy, it's busy, time. busy. Radio. Oh, yeah. So much, so much to talk about. I love how Chris, <laughs> Chris, we just got a text from Chris saying that he'll, he'll be on in just a minute. Uh, we do the show live and, you know, when it's time to start, it's time to start. He's doing the show from home, but he still can't manage to make it on time. Mm. Then it's an hour ahead of us. So remember when we would we would all three of us be in the same room and he would constantly be like 15, 20 minutes late. You would think he lived like five minutes away from you. (laughs) Yeah, that was always the best. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, I guess let's. So before we get to our guest here in just a minute, a little Halloween theme for you here. The top five scariest senators. Ooh, the top five scariest senators. There's a lot of scary senators. Aren't there, Jason? We've got a lot of scary ones, and we'll tell you why they're the scariest. These are the top five. Number five, Joe Manchin of West Virginia. This guy is a scary, scary dude. He, uh, he actually, I think he wants all of us to die, this this Joe Manchin, because he opposes Biden's plan to combat climate change. So, you know, he's old enough. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah. A lot of scary ones for sure. Yeah. I mean, these these old senators, you know, they don't care what happens 30 years from now because they most likely won't be here. So, right. Just due to their age. Well, that's number five. We'll do this countdown. We'll go throughout the show. So let's get let's bring our guest on because he's on a little bit early. And uh, why not? We can uh, bring him in right now. His name is Bill Frady. He's a firearms expert and host of the show Lock and Load on the on the Opinions Channel. Hello, welcome to the show. Um, are you able to hear me? We got you yeah. loud and clear. Okay, yeah. All right. very good. Never used this before. I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, we're we're happy to have you. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, this is uh your uh, your setup looks great. It looks like you have this, a similar microphone. That, that I have there. It's that, that's well, this is the trendy microphone. If you don't have this, you're yeah. not trendy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I used to have the old Electric Voice RE twenty, but that's just so old. Right. <laughs> I don't need any I don't need any reminders of my age. I I, I remember when they were new. 
Right. <laughs> I've got one of those laying around here, too. Those are good microphones still, I have to say. But, um, but they're not as cool as this one. This is what Rogan uses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rogan does use that one. Yep. But um, So you're a firearms expert. Uh, how did you become a fire? How does one become a firearms expert to begin with? Like, what's... Yeah. Well, uh, I have an uncle who was a world champion silhouette shooter. Um, he sort of dragged me into it. I joined the military and, uh, I was in an infantry unit. So I spent a lot of time out in the field, had to do a lot of gunnery. You don't shoot weapons as much as you would think in the military. The military is actually sort of a gun free society unless you're in combat. And then when I got out, I just, uh, you know, I wanted to compete a little bit. So I shot competitively and then, um, uh, when I broke into radio, cause I'm a syndicated radio host as well. Um, when fast and furious came around and uh, when it started surfacing at about when I was in rate started in 2010, I started reaching out to the gun community and then, um, the show morphed from just regular conservative politics to, uh, second amendment rights, because I happen to think the second amendment is the teeth of the constitution. So, uh, Combining that with my military background, even though I've been out of the military for 30, 31 years. So the military doesn't even resemble what I served in. Not now. Right. But um, a lot of training. I've, I've been to a few classes here and there, worked with a lot of other experts uh, and, uh, you know, experience and hands on and all those other things. When When calling yourself an expert is that's a little self-serving. Uh, I know enough to, to see the real deal. Uh, I'm, I shoot where most people may shoot a hundred rounds a year. I shoot about 2000 rounds a month. So wow. Okay. I get my reps in. I would say that's expert level, but if you don't want to use that word, that's fine. What do you, Either that or I'm wasting a lot of money. That that I mean that sounds really expensive. Um, when you when you heard of the story over the weekend with Alec Baldwin on the movie set of Rust, the film that he wrote and produced, was producing uh, where there was that uh, the horrible incident where two people were shot on set, one died. Um, how does how does this even happen? Because I know that there are numerous safety precautions that are taken. Uh, they have people on the set that are, are specifically assigned to these weapons that are responsible for making sure there are no live rounds. How, how did a live round even end up on set? How do you- well, a live, a live round on a movie set where there are guns on in the movie should never be allowed ever. There's no circumstance where that's okay. Um, I know a, a guy named Taryn Butler, Taryn Butler trained Keanu Reeves to be John Wick. He trained uh, John Bernthal to be the Punisher. I know another guy named Gary Tours who is an armorer. And uh, those two guys got together for the John Wick movies. And Taryn built the guns. And then he sent them to Gary Tours, who then converted the guns and adapted the guns to only shoot blanks. But then, just for the other things, just for added safety, they also made two other renditions of those guns. One made out of resin and one made out of rubber. So when there was no actual shooting going on, they were either carrying a resin gun or a rubber gun, and the rubber gun was for throwing. Right. Because uh, some of the guns that Taron Butler made for Connor Reeves, like the rifle was $5,000. They didn't want to be throwing that around. And, um, and the resin one was just whatever he carried around in his holster. 
they have a chain of custody where the armorer, like in the case of John Wick again, which I know most about that production just because I know the guys involved in it. Um, you had one master armorer and 12 associates. So the master armorer would pull the gun. The uh, associate armorer would then verify the gun, which means if this scene calls for two shots, there's only going to be two blanks put into it. He would then take it, and everybody involved in this shot, would he would verify the gun in front of them, yeah, letting everybody look at it. So, like, if there's a cameraman, it's off at an angle because that that's the other part that we'll get to shortly. But if he's off at an angle and he's got the plexigra- plexiglass screen in front of him, they'll let him see that it's, there's going to be two blanks fired and there's two blanks in the gun. Everybody verifies this. Uh-huh. This is not what happened on the on the uh, set of Rust. There were what happened on many, the set of Rust. There's reports too of crew members walking off the set because of unsafe conditions. So it seems like maybe they were uh, they were cutting corners. And when you do that, but we don't know for sure. Though I guess we'll find out as the investigation continues. But um, something well, I mean, the, went the, horribly wrong. The, obviously, the union guys, the the armor that they used was actually the daughter of an armorer who had been involved in this kind of thing since she had been a young lady. And, um, but she had made a few mistakes on other productions and she really shouldn't have been alone in this capacity. And apparently they used these guns and they, they refer to them as prop guns, but they were capable of firing live ammunition, which I just refer to that as a gun. Yeah. Uh, these were, if it was a, if it was a Western, they were probably, uh, you know, single action cowboy type pistols. They were using these guns for for target practice when they weren't working. The, the crew was using them to shoot live rounds at targets. That's one of the reports coming out about them. Wow. The the union the union people that walked off the actual movie people that were not the locals that really had never worked on a production of that size and that this was a really small production. They uh, they quit. Yeah. Because they had had two other negligent uh, discharges. These aren't accidental. Guns don't accidentally fire themselves unless they're like in a Stephen King book. But if they're not, they don't ever actually fire themselves. Um, yeah. They walked off because of the safety violations. After the first negligent discharge, they should have pulled everybody in involved in this particular part of the production. And they should have... Uh, they should have doubled down on their safety and they did not do it. No. They handed, uh, a, a, they found three guns on a cart. The armor laid three guns on top of a rolling cart and the assistant director picked up one, called it a cold gun, but he did. Then he didn't single action revolvers have a little gate. Yeah. And he flipped the little gate open and you rotate the cylinder and you, you verify six empty chambers or five, depending on the size of the round. And uh, then you close it, and then after you verified it, you call it cold again. And then you hand it off to whoever's taking it. In this case, it was Alec Baldwin. Then he verifies it. Mm. And since he was going to point it at the cinematographer, she should have been stepping up and verifying it, too. But that didn't happen. Mm. Now, to, to be clear, you're saying two other incidents happened on the same set before the That's the reports occurred? coming out. That's the gotcha. reports coming out. Wow. Yeah, I saw that. That's the reports coming out. Well, yeah. Now... The, the the next thing is after Brandon Lee was shot accidentally on the set of The Crow in 1993. Yeah. No one actually aims at anybody in a Hollywood production. 
Yeah, that's they, what, that's they, what they, I was wondering about too. Is how how did the gun they, even end up aimed at these two individuals? I guess we'll maybe, um, we'll find out more. Maybe we don't know yet, but it seems a little odd. Well, I mean, this was this a re- this was a rehearsal. Probably the cinematographer, cinematographers when they're setting up a shot, they have a representation. They have a lens set up on a little stand so they can see what the camera's going to see. And he was supposed to be sitting in a church pew, and in the movie, he's supposed to be doing a cross draw. Where he's going to pull the gun here and come up here, mm. and um, those are hard he to pull off. Do that. Too, right? I, I I understand that's not an easy move, right? I don't. I yeah, that's. I mean, all of that and actually hitting your target—that's a very specialized skill set, which makes me wonder what happened with this because Alec Baldwin, who's done plenty of movies with gunplay in them, doesn't know how to handle a gun. Clearly not. Um, he pulled it up. He pulled the hammer back. He pulled the trigger. One round was discharged. Um, apparently it hit her in soft tissue because it over penetrated through her and went into the director behind her. Right. And then I, from what I read, she was, uh, in a helicopter, she was, uh, choppered to the hell, the, the hospital. I, I'm wondering if they had what kind of medical staff they had on set. I haven't really seen any reports on that. Have you? I have not the medic that was on uh, that was the, was on site. See when it, when when they're going to do a rehearsal where they're actually going to fire blanks, uh, there's a command given: fire in the hole. And she was somewhere else on the uh, compound, and she heard the bang go off, and then she's calling on the radio: "Are you guys rehearsing? Because you didn't call fire in the hole, and they're calling for her." And she found her with a uh, a wound in the torso. I I can't, I have it based upon what I've read. I don't know where it was. Yeah. I haven't um, seen that either. Uh, the problem with cowboy guns though, is that cowboy guns are big caliber pistols. 357 Magnum 45 Colt, uh, you know, 44 special that they're, they're big, big calibers. I mean, a lot of guys use these things for hunting. And uh, they were that big back in the day of the cowboy because the handgun was incredibly weak when they first came out with cartridges that actually resemble what we call ammunition today. So uh, she got there. She tried to apply oxygen. Uh, They tried to uh, put pressure on the wound to stop the bleeding. Um, I have not heard the cause of death. I would probably, it probably had a lot to do with uh, exsanguination and probably some. uh, soft organ damage based on what you but, uh, she was pronounced dead on arrival i i think i, I think i thought i saw sure. that too yeah um yeah. based on what you know of the story and just with your knowledge of firearms and how they should be handled especially on a movie set who do you think is ultimately liable the ones that will the ones that could be criminally liable would be the uh the armorer and the assistant director who picked up the gun and handed it to uh, Alec Baldwin. Now, Alec Baldwin, however, um, this was being filmed in New Mexico. Yeah. Where in, in California, a lot of people don't film in California anymore because of how expensive it is right, to film in California. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of union stuff that goes on, a lot of union rules that goes along with it. And as the producer, he's the one that's actually the, you know, putting the money together and trying to see where the budget's going and where, what we can have and what we can't have. A lot of this looks like they did a lot of things or didn't do a lot of things 
to save money. Mm. So I would think it, I, I don't know if they'll do anything criminally with him. Uh, I think there's probably a very good chance they'll do something civilly with him as a wrongful death suit or something because right. he was obviously cutting corners. Obviously, yeah. I, I kind of got that sense as well. Um, well, it's a tragic story all around and uh, for everyone involved and just a horrible thing to read over the weekend. And After we've seen incidents like this in the past, uh, you mentioned Brandon Lee and there was uh, another actor on the set of a TV show that accidentally shot himself John in the Eric head. John Yeah. When was that? That was in like 93 or something, right? 84. I, 84, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if I mean, this has happened. Uh, actors, there's something like Tom Cruise in the movie Collateral. Tom Cruise was trained extensively to handle firearms. John Bernthal for The Punisher. Keanu Reeves right. and Halle Berry for, the, for John Wick. Um, all of them according to their trainers, who I know, uh, all of them are actually, they could be considered 21st century gunfighters today because they're just that good. Mm. Uh, and then when you look at back in the, like on TV, and this may, pre, I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, there used to be a TV show called The Rifleman. You guys ever heard of that? No. Yeah, now I Start, remember my parents talking about that. Yeah. Chuck Connors was the star of the Rifleman. Chuck Connors was a, he was a two sport athlete before it was fashionable to, to do it. He played in the major league, uh, major leagues and for the NBA. And he was also uh, a world war II veteran. And he did a TV series called the Rifleman. And there was, he killed TV killed 120 people on the Rifleman. Do you know how many accidents with guns they had? In 1960s TV with less technology than we have today to mm. make a gun safe to be used on a TV production or a movie production? Probably none. I want to say zero. None. Wow. Because Chuck Connors would not, if, if you watch The Rifleman, you'll see Chuck Connors firing the gun and you'll see the guys off on camera reacting to being shot at the gun, but you'll never see a shot where Chuck Connors is actually aiming a weapon at these guys. Right. To where you can see both of them. Right. Uh, James Arness, he was Matt Dillon. I don't know how many people he killed on Gunsmoke. I'm not sure if they know, but uh, he was a World War II veteran. You know how many gun accidents they had on the set of Gunsmoke? I've never heard of one, so. None? Yeah. None? And this doesn't mean that actors should have to be military people. This means that if they're going to have a production and they're going to use guns, there needs to be, there's, there, there is no set of rules where you say, this is the way it's going to be, or that's the way it's going to be. It comes down to, uh, the production budget. Wow. That's, that's I, I thought that there had to have been a standard, a Hollywood standard. Well, that's or why a, the union people walked out. Got there it. There is a standard. So he wasn't meeting the standard. What do you think the long-term repercussions of this are going to be? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm actually sort of worried about people that are in my industry, in the gun industry, uh, per se. And, um, simply because I've been sitting here trying to manifest feelings of empathy for him regarding this, because He's going through a lot of psychological change right now. Yeah. As we speak. Oh, yeah, I would imagine. He's replaying in his mind 
everything that led up to that. He's saying to himself, if I'd done this five seconds before or five seconds after, it wouldn't have hit her. If I, I, He's saying to himself, I don't even know how to shoot, and I hit her with a kill shot. Um, he can still see the pattern of the smoke coming out the end of that barrel. He will, re, he will live with this right. for the rest of his days. And uh, I cannot conjure any feelings of empathy for him because for since... Since there's been an Alec Baldwin, he's claimed to be an expert on all things having to do with anything politically polarizing, going back to when humans emerged from the Serengeti. You know, that, the one, one thing of, about it, Alec Baldwin, too, is I, you know, he does claim to be very anti-gun, yet uh, he, there he is playing with guns on a movie set, because, which I think is a bit hypocritical if I'm going to be objective about it. Uh, well, it is, but, um, it's very hypocritical. He also, when Dick Cheney accidentally shot his friend hunting, he thought Dick Cheney should be arrested. Right. He called for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is one of those, you, you can call it irony. It's karma, whatever you want to call it. It's one of those moments where we're looking at things and I, I'm saying to myself, who couldn't have seen this coming? Cause he didn't know what he was doing with a gun. Um, and he has, uh, you know, that kind of, he's not, he, he's not a very good human being. I mean, his family, the, the people that have been in his orbit, you know, yeah, he, he, does, went, he, on, he went after punching his daughter, his wife. Right. Yeah. People do that. He, yeah. He is a character. That's for sure. Punching photographers yeah. and paparazzi. Without and a doubt. Without a yelling doubt. at his and children. I, mean, I don't understand how he's still walking around and not limping. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He, you, you think somebody, I mean, all these guys, right. it's, it's one thing to be a tough guy in a movie with a script where you're the tough guy. But I mean, one, one uh, a gun guy, <laughs> he, he's not very, uh, he's not very humble, but if you were to ask him, uh, one of my sponsors used to be Steven Seagal's gunsmith and, if you were to ask Steven Seagal why he won every fight he was ever involved in, he'd probably tell you it was in the script. Right. <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate we're out of time here. We really appreciate you coming on and uh, lending your opinion and expertise yes, on this. Uh, Bill Frady, where can people find your program and anything else you want to plug? I'm on something called the Opinion Channel. And, and uh, you know, it's it's the most unlikely of things, a radio host on TV. And the opinion channel is carried on a website called Airy TV, A-I-R-Y TV. And uh, Channel 44, the radio show is called Lock and Load with Bill Frady. I'm syndicated by Genesis Communications Network. And if you're not in a city where I have an affiliate, well, most of you have a smartphone. Just go look for the podcast. And I, I talk to you three hours a day, five days a week. All right. Fair enough. Well, thank you again, and uh, best of luck with your program, and we'll keep in touch with you. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the time. Take thank care. you. There's Bill Frady. All right, we'll be right back. Uh, we're going to break here. Jarrett and Gary from the Rockstar Dad podcast the show are going to be joining us next here on It's News to Us. Chris is now uh, here. There he is. Hello. Oh, hello. You, you look like you just rolled out of bed. Good morning. Do I? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'll be right back. We'll be right back. And we're back here live on AW Radio. It's news to us. 
That Alec Baldwin really is the devil is what we, we just learned. Right? Can't trust him. Can't trust that guy. Slippery character. Yeah. Uh, before we get Jared and Gary on, uh, we, we have to continue our countdown of the, the scariest senators. We only got to number five, the top five scariest senators. You guys ready for number four? Hit me with it. Okay. Susan Collins of Maine. She's number four. Of course, she uh, voted to not impeach Trump because he, quote, learned his lesson. <laughs> That's the first time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. First impeachment. Which, yeah. Clarification. She also voted to confirm Brett Kavanaugh into the Supreme Court, even though he was accused of sexual assault. And also, she claims to be pro-choice, but didn't support an abortion rights bill. Ooh! Ooh! Ah! 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 <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King is also from Maine. Usually sets his books there. Maybe he'll uh, feature Susan Collins in his next uh, tour novel. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I like the Mitch McConnell graphic. I'm just gonna say. All right, there's a graphic. Yeah, that's money well spent. Thank yeah. you. That uh, costs well sixteen thousand well dollars. I guess we can get to number three because we have a few minutes here. Uh, number three on our list of the scariest senators. It's our Halloween show. <laughs> uh, Tom Cotton of Arkansas. Ooh, that guy's real scary. Ooh, he once said that the U.S. needs to incarcerate more people, even though we have the highest incarcerated per capita in the world. That's not good enough for him. Not good enough. I he says that he, racism in the military did not exist before Biden took power. Ooh. Uh, he also uh, campaigned saying that he was an experienced army ranger, yet he never served. What? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you know, this isn't saying it is impossible, but I've never heard of anybody with the name Cotton who was a good guy. Just the word, the word Peter Cottontail. Yeah, that's uh, different. That's mm. Cottontail. That's a different word. Mm, fair enough. I don't know what is going on with this today. Uh, what? Oh, the. Uh, apologize. Commercials are uh, are just randomly playing over the air because I. I'm pressing pause on our program to stop stuff from happening, but it's not happening. So whatever robots. Uh, sorry robots about that. Robots are taking over. Yeah. Uh, should we get to, let's get to, looks like we have Gary uh, in the lobby and uh, wait for Jarrett here in just a second. We can get to our, our next one on the list. Number four on the scary, there's like a fly in the studio. Number four on the scariest senators, scariest senators. Ooh, this was a good one. Uh, Mitch McConnell. Ooh. Don't you mean number two? Second yeah, scariest. Is, yeah, we're counting down. Thank you. I probably should have put numbers on the list yeah. here, but there's no numbers. <laughs> uh, of course, as you know, Mitch McConnell did not allow Obama to have a Supreme Court nominee, even though uh, he let Trump pick one later. His reason Obama's final year in office, and he let Trump pick one during his final year in office. Ooh. Final, like, three months in office. Right. 
Mitch McConnell joined the military and then his daddy pulled him out. Did you guys know that? I did not. He also touts family values but got divorced amid adultery allegations. Who the hell's cheating with Mitch McConnell is what I want to know. Elaine Chow. April O'Neil. And uh, everyone's calling him a turtle, right? This is the, the, the most demonic thing about Mitch McConnell. He once pressured his staffers to donate an organ to make him look good. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's bring in Gary here. We got Gary from the Rockstar Dad Show. I think we we're waiting on Jarrett, but Gary, what's going on, man? Oh, we can't hear you. It's okay. Uh, we we can't hear you. No audio on you. <laughs> it's okay. We'll give you a second. Oh, how about now? Got you. Gotcha. We did it. All right. <laughs> How's it going, man? Awesome. Thanks for having us on. Uh, I was saying that Jar- Jarrett is notoriously late, so oh, he's on okay. time for himself. Okay. No worries. Sounds like Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, everybody needs to have a co-host that's always late. It keeps things interesting. Um, here's no. Jared. Yeah, our- Jared's in now. There, there he is. is. I am. Of course, uh, Jared and Gary, they host the Rockstar Dad Show on Adobe Radio. They're also from the band Bowling for Soup, everyone's favorite band, of course. And uh, their show airs Mondays at 2 o'clock Eastern and then uh, Tuesdays at 9 Eastern. And uh, well, guys, it's so great to have you on the show. I, uh, I'm a big fan of you both, obviously. I love you guys very much and everything you're doing. Uh, of course, with Bowling for Soup and your show. Um, and uh, thank you for, for taking the time to just chat with us for a minute. It's pretty casual. Just wanted to get you on and say hi. I just want to point out what a big deal it is to have me here tonight. It and, is. A, uh, it's a huge <laughs> deal. You're the- and now, and, and, but, it's, but it's bigger than you think because I am uh, doing a colonoscopy prep today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, uh, here's the thing. There's a re- I'm always late, but like I'm never late to these kind of things. So there's a reason I'm a couple of minutes late is that coming up the stairs, something bad almost happened. Oh, man. Oh, so here I am. Now, my commitment to my craft, though, is uh, I'm here. And then after this, I'm doing an episode of Jarrett Goes to the Movies, my other podcast, which is about a three and a half hour record. Oh, so um, it's going to be very interesting. Good luck. Well, sure. I'm honored you're with us between uh, two uh, eruptions of medically induced diarrhea. That's an honor. I was filling him in on the fact that you're notoriously late, and that's that just meant that you're on time for yourself. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel bad that I was making fun of it because you did, you know, the colonoscopy prep and all. Yeah, that. Yeah. Now you look but like a huge most jerk. Of the Gary. Time, I'd say still a good eighty percent of the time you're late because of poop. Related <laughs> you know what? I mean, and you know, and there, there you go. I mean, and that, that, that really is actually very true. And that is yeah. um, to rehearsal or to bus call or you know to many of those things. It does come down to really what's going on with my bowels. At the right? Time. Do you have do you have and, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, or are you just uh, what's going on there? Do you mind if I ask? Can I see your chart? Where's your chart? This interview is awesome. I have ulcerative <laughs> colitis. I've had oh, it since I was 19. Man, I've heard. So, so I, does marijuana help you? Could I ask you that question? Because I've heard marijuana only, helps some people with that. The only time I ever try marijuana is when I'm really drunk. So I couldn't really tell you, you know, like, it's oh, just okay. A, uh, 
it's usually either either red wine or or some of that that puts me right in bed but um okay i have that i'm I'm actually i'm actually really lucky i got it when i was really young which sucks because you know playing in the band and being in a van and not having access to you know facilities all the time we actually had a we actually had a drill where you know like it was like Eric would run in and and make sure that the bathroom was clean. Like while I'm trying to just get there without going on myself. And then our guitar tech, sweet Charlie would like come in with an extra pair of shorts just in case. And it was a whole thing. But again, I, I'm, I'm really lucky in that um, I've had it so long that I'm actually in remission. So I just, oh, good have, for you. This is, just a, um, is that, that's that the same thing that Pete Davidson has or is, I think he has something. Some, he might have Crohn's, but I'm, I'm oh, not. Oh, really you're right. He has sure. Crohn's actually. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it all but sucks. That's got to be really. Sucks. I'm very sorry. Like that sucks, man. I I went through a bout of really bad digestive issues for a few years there, so I I feel for anybody going through that. And you've done it your whole yeah. life, so geez, uh, uh, man. Back to Jared's point, man. Like back in the band days, van days, traveling around the country, and like you know, there's not a stop for 45 minutes or an hour and a half. And whenever you do get that stop, it's a you know dirty truck stop or a rock <laughs> venue at some shitty club. So. Uh, man, he, he is a trooper sticking through all that. Oh man, yeah, absolutely. they were good. About, they were. I had the best support system in the world, man. Everybody was super cool about it. But you know, yeah. I have pooped in some legendary places, guys. <laughs> I, the, uh, I I I went number two on the throne at CBGBs, and if you've never seen a photo wow. of that, uh, you should. But I did it. I can't and, believe it. Uh, Somebody's that's the most punk rock uh, <laughs> sentence I've ever heard. See, I'm telling you, man. It is. It's. It's that is punk AF. <laughs> I, I mean, some some of these uh, these restrooms at music venues are just like, oh man, I I even I feel bad just urinating uh, in the, in them. I can only imagine some don't even have doors on the stalls, and you go yeah, in and seats on the toilet, yeah, man. Yeah, but you know, at some point, I guess you just have to. It's no shame, right? And you just you yeah, are who you are, and whatever. Poop everywhere. We there don't care. A, Jim. There is a moment. There's a moment like in, and I think it, it's not just me. I think there's a moment in all touring musicians where you just get to that point where you're just like, okay, you know, I have, I'm absolutely, uh, I've just, I've, I've degraded myself so many times that I'm just going to sit in this, you know, and it's, I got to <laughs> do what I got to do, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, back in like uh, high school and college, if I ever had to go high school, I'd skip school and go home. I'm not going to high school. And then in college, it's like, you know, the one place on campus or I'd go back to my apartment. Then you get in a van and a rock band and you just get to the point where it's like, yeah, yeah. I can make anything work. <laughs> dignity goes dignity goes right out the door man uh, it, it, these uh, days though you guys are at the top of your game so you're i'm sure in private jets you're just uh getting all the the red carpets rolled out everywhere you go man you know um not not quite to that level but we are really oh, lucky. come on i mean we're don't our, be humble our crowds are bigger our crowds are bigger now than they were even 10 15 years ago that's great um and, uh, you know, it's, it's super cool. I mean, it, we're, we're very, very lucky to be one of those bands that can be around, you know, we've been, been together 27 and a half years and, and everything is just stronger and better all the time. Again, people showing up and our streams are up and, you know, it's, it's, uh, what do you attribute fine. that to? That's really interesting. That, and it's really great to hear too. What do you think the reason is for that? Um, I mean, I think there's a couple of reasons for it. I mean, first of all, you know, you got to think when, when a lot of the, the, the college age kids right now, uh, when they were 
when they were five and six years old, you know, Bowling for Soup was all over Radio Disney all the time. Phineas and Ferb was just coming out. You know, so there is that whole thing of them growing up and having this band that they have in common with their parents. Um, but but it's not just that. It, it, it's, it's odd. It's not just that that, that has made it. I, I think the genre just man it's just one of those ones i think it's going to keep on ticking i think it's going to be like you know hair metal and hip-hop and yeah. what they call classic rock and all of that i just think pop punk will just always be one of those ones that resurfaces every few years and and uh, people just go down the bowling pursuit newfound glory rabbit hole you know hell yeah man i mean it's kept adobe in business and that's why we're all here right now or me at least I yeah. mean, you guys would still be doing yeah. your thing but i wouldn't i'd be in a ditch somewhere if it weren't for <laughs> pop punk. well we we do appreciate that i'm, I'm just riding on your yeah. coattails really um what's your what, well, uh, you know, yeah of all, of, of all the songs you guys have written, you guys have written a, like a, a a lot of amazing songs uh mm. what's i mean this is kind of like a basic question that Somebody would ask you, but what's your favorite song you've ever written? I don't know. Maybe it's, nobody's asked you that recently, but what's, what's something that you guys are really proud of right now? Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I like the hits cause it's fun to play the hits. And obviously those are the ones where, you know, they're your superstars and all of that. But, um, there's songs like, like this one right here, 1985. Yeah. Like yeah, this yeah. one. Um, yeah, yeah. But probably, uh, <laughs> friends of mine is one is, 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 is a good one. Uh, like drinking beer on a Sunday, uh, like those ones that like have some some meaning to them. And then there's a couple of songs on the new album, uh, which comes out in April, uh, that I'm really really proud of uh, for for many reasons. And uh, yeah, what about you, Gary? Do you have a favorite? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Jared's right. Like, it's always fun to play the hits. The crowd goes crazy on those, and it's kind of everyone's favorite you know crowd wise but for us i think it's fun to play something that has some depth to it so jared mentioned uh friends of mine that's been all of one of all of our favorites and then there's songs like um shut up and smile or something like that where it's still a fun song but it's kind of like you know it has some some meaning to it too you know so there there's there's songs where it's like hey there's some depth and it's not just all fun and jokes which fun and jokes are a very important uh, thing to us. I I really loved. Uh, I really really loved the cover of Kid Cudi that you guys did last year uh, for of Erase yeah, Me. That was like a genius. I was like that. That was meant to be covered by a band like you guys, and you guys jumped on it before anybody else. So funny because Chris was trying to get us to do that for at least a year, and um, man, he let us play, and he played it for us over and over. It just really never clicked. And then one day we were we were up in Utah somewhere, I think, and. Uh, we were having one of our off days. So we have pool parties at a hotel every time we have an off day. And uh, so we're in the pool or whatever. And Gary goes, maybe you should actually just listen. I'd listen to it again. It just, it's pretty good. It might work. And I'm just like, man, I don't know. I just, and it just clicked that day. It was like, okay, we're going to do it. And um, so kudos to Chris for, you know, for he, cause he does have outlandish ideas a lot. And, and a lot of times it's like you sort of just humor him in, in the fact that it's like, okay. Yeah. But because it, it's hard to tell sometimes if, if you know how much he really, really does want to do something um, like we're going through that right now with a video that we're making, like we have the treatment and the director hired and like all of the stuff is in place and he's still pitching his idea, you know, <laughs> like it's, he's still trying. I still like my idea the best because here's why, you know, kind of thing. But what? yeah, that was, 
credit he's, he's full of ideas like he, <laughs> he's always coming with something like jared said a lot of the times it's you know kind of out in left field and it's like all right yeah cool okay um but he stuck with that one and he really really stuck with that one and he yeah. and it was months you know and then uh like jared said finally it was like actually let's listen to this it's pretty cool yeah. and i think it we we, we think it'd work uh, this yeah. isn't big on execution you know like he he has these outlandish ideas but really doesn't you know, he doesn't really know how all everything comes together because that's not his thing, you know? Yeah, he's not going to run with it. He's going to throw it out there. Well, that was yeah. a great one. That was a great suggestion, though. I mean, I was really actually was. surprised somebody hadn't done that sooner because that the original came out like five or six years ago or something like that. Like, Yeah. Uh, totally. And it was and, just... Uh, and then, here's a little bit of it, by the way. guess that we had on there, uh, 10 pay cash. Um, yeah, 10 pay cash a, on there. Dallas based Dallas based rapper who's invented a couple of TikTok dances and stuff and man he just nailed it it, it just I mean he really really came through on that song oh absolutely here's a little bit of it to erase me Uh, so he, 10k cash took the uh, the Kanye West freestyle part of the song, yeah, which was like so awesome. Yeah. Um, we just told him to do his own thing with it, man. And he, uh, yeah, he really he, again, he knocked it out of the park, man. Yeah, he's, uh, that's a talented, talented kid. He's uh, he's still going to West Texas AM and uh, Commerce, Texas, but uh, I think he's got a really bright future. I want to, I wanted that song to, to get way more popular than it did. I'm, I, I'm not a champion for that song. And, uh, I don't know. I, you guys, like, why did that it was not? like super early COVID? Like when we, yeah. did that, like it was, it was like really, really early COVID. So like it was super hard to stand out cause everybody was doing those videos the covers you know? and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it was a little bit like we were sort of just like jumping on the train, which we sort of were, but <laughs> we've, but it was well done. It was well done. Like uh, some of those covers were half-assed. That one was just really good. Uh, yeah, but I can't say enough good things about that one. But uh, Rockstar Dad Show is, of course, on Adobe Radio, and you guys are rock stars and dads. That's like the whole premise of the show. Yeah. You guys interview other dads that are not necessarily rock stars, but they could be. But uh, you guys just had an yeah. episode on some of them. Are, yeah, yeah, some of them are rock stars, and some of them are our neighbors and some of them are YouTubers and we've got actors and comedians and I mean, tons of stuff. I mean, this week we have a uh, super, super huge YouTuber on and he was awesome. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm excited about that. And, uh, but yeah, man, it's, you know, it's just good dads. I, the show's evolved a lot. You know, we, we used to try to fill the hour and, and we, we were like, we can't talk about music and, you know, and then we, you know, it, it became clear. It's like, well, that's who we are. So we get off the dad topic, I think, about as much as we are on it. But, you know, we uh, that that's still the focus is just being awesome dads and, and talking to other awesome dads. I heard you guys had an upcoming interview with Alec Baldwin. You had to cancel. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm sorry. Boy. That was a horrible joke. But uh, goodness gracious, uh, well, you know, I Jason's mean, shaking uh, his dude, head. Jason, stop guy, shaking your uh, head at me. You 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 start talking and all and you make a joke. Well, I do have a question for you guys. <laughs> like, 
with all the dads you've talked to, you know, through the course of your show, like what's the common thread of being a good dad? Um, I, I think one of the, the most common thread on our show is that we have a lot of dads who have jobs that are very untraditional. So again, comedians, actors, musicians, uh, the common theme is those that are invested and those that, um, that understand how much their time is worth, you know, when they are home and making that count. And, you know, I mean, we're in a different generation, you know, of dads. It's like, you know, for me, I'm, I'm about to turn 50. So what? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be 50 in March. And my, you know, my dad's generation were the dads that went to work and they came home and they sat in front of the TV or with the newspaper and they, and you went back to your room and that was the end of the day, you know, and, and now, we're we're out we're at their practices and we're at their events and trying to help out with team shit and you know it's just it's, you know we're just invested and that that really is the common theme is those that uh that really take that very very seriously and we we talk to a lot of dads too that you know obviously divorce is a really big deal and we talk to a lot of a lot of dads that um split their you know have to split the time with their kids or whatever and, and how they make that work is always super impressive to us you know we because you know I'm, I'm in that situation with two of my kids and so uh you know but that kind of thing really it's just that that time commitment and the understanding of how important it is yeah i I just add like and it's basically what you're saying is the time commitment but it's um adjusting how you've been doing things beforehand so it's amazing how many other uh, musicians that we talk to that after they have the kid, it's like, okay, now we're not going to be gone for three months at a time. We're still going to tour for three months, but we're coming home every, you know, two weeks, we're coming home for a few days. And it's, it's just making an adjustment and still doing what you're doing, but, but making that time for, you know, family for kids. Right. It sounds like a really daunting task or maybe it's also, um, let's be honest. It's kind of nice to go on tour sometimes, right. <laughs> and get away and get away. <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, I I will say yes. And, you know, we're really lucky because we're super close and our we're super close with our crew. So it's like, you know, you, you, it's like a second family kind of thing and you're, and you're out there and, and yes, that part's great. Um, but you know, it's homesick the, you know, when you start to have kids and pets and a mortgage and, you know, a pool in the backyard and shit, you, you know, you, you kind of want to be there <laughs> to enjoy it, you know, fair enough. And, yeah. uh, so, you know, I mean, I, it, it does, it lends itself to, to, to a happier place. I think for all of us to just, we do shorter, we do more trips of a shorter duration now. I think for Jared and I are both kind of lucky. I mean, we both have multiple different things that we do at home. Uh, and, and, and plus we're, you know, hands-on uh, parents. And so you're, you're right. Going on tour in our particular band is a lot of fun. You know, we're, yeah. we're very laid back and we have a good time. And so, yeah, going on tour, there's a little bit of um, decompressing, you know, it's like, okay, all of a sudden we go on tour and there's less, it, it, there's a lot less people needing you all the time. You know, there's a lot of people that want right. stuff from you when you're on tour, but there's uh, a lot of, lot less people wanting stuff from you all the time. Right. That makes, that makes total sense. I, you know, I almost forgot before we run out of time here, we do have a quick game to play with you guys. Um, sure. And Chris is going to be a contestant on this game. Two, you ready, Chris? Oh wow! So I did not know that. So, I don't think I am. Uh, it's okay. You, I Hold think you on. got this. It's not. Yeah, get it. Get, get, yeah, you clear your head. So this game is called yep. Zoomed Instagram. Zoomed Instagram is the name of this game, and what we've done is we've taken photos from both Jarrett and Gary's Instagram 
profiles and zoomed in. Chris has to guess what's happening in the picture. Oh, okay. all right. Chris, are you right. are you ready to play zoomed Instagram? I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. What's happening in this photo, Chris? What is happening in this photo? <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> We should describe on top of the other. Yeah, we're seeing skin to skin contact. We have to describe for uh, because you know a vast majority of people are listening. (laughs) We have skin to skin contact. It looks like two two bodies embracing. I'm pretty sure I see a buttocks and thighs on the bottom. Not quite sure. Maybe a leg on top. Uh, That one I'm not a hundred percent sure on. Yeah, yeah, take a guess what's happening in the photo. You throw a guess out. All I know is it's sexy as hell. All right. Here's what's here's what's going on. Oh, it's come on, Chris. It's Jarrett and his family, I think. What's going on? It's, that's, that's three uh three quarters of bowling for soup and our uh former tour manager at one of the hotel parties that I mentioned. Yeah, and, Chris. Uh, you, uh, look at the look behind us though. Um this is an indoor pool at like <laughs> a little Bud Light. <laughs> or I mean Miller Light, rather. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. It's like we lined the Freshen entire it. pool with beer cans in, That's in just awesome. a few hours. Wow. Very, very impressive. Yeah, well, I was like, fun to hang out. Like I, I was, said, we have fun when we go out. We do. We have a lot of fun. I was right about the fact that it's sexy. <laughs> I had that much going. And by the I way, mean, to be honest, uh, yeah. I knew it was my arm around somebody else's arm, but I couldn't figure out who it was because I don't, I don't really know rob's tattoos very well i was trying to figure out if it was a zoomed in on something chris that i didn't recognize i thought it was going to be like a photo shoot not just a us hanging out photo me too yeah i I totally thought it was the same thing i knew that we didn't have shirts on uh, right all right well here's the next photo chris let's see if you can guess uh zoomed instagram continues all right chris here's the photo um what are we what are we seeing chris can you describe first what we're seeing well, that looks like uh, some cock and balls graffiti <laughs> or tagging. Um, not sure what the surface is. All right. Looks like a brown folder that you have from like middle school with like the three sports guys or something. <laughs> I know what this one is for sure. Okay. It looks like a truck to me. <laughs> out of a truck. Oh, Jason says a truck and Chris says Maybe. a folder. Okay. Let's zoom out. Uh, looks like mm. uh, Jarrett uh. put this on Instagram. It's a car that's parked at DFW Airport and is very dirty. People drew dicks in the in the uh, in the dust on the back of this car. Is it still there? there for like, it 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 was still there when we got home. This was uh, we were we were leaving town in April, so that thing had been there for four or five months, and so I was like. I put up, put that thing on the internet and people actually came up with some answers that were <laughs> kind of fucked up, but like also kind of made sense. It was like, maybe it was somebody that went overseas and died from COVID. <laughs> oh man. Never back, you know? Stuff like maybe. that. Or it was just, you know, it was, uh, or it was like people, people hide their cars at the thing. So they won't get impounded at the airport. And I'm like, man, I, I feel like, Parking is more expensive than a car payment. (laughs) I feel like it's something like really awesome or sad. Like, you know, maybe they did go overseas and pass away. Or it's like they're on a year long vacation. (laughs) Right. You wouldn't really park. It does seem weird though. Yeah. Uh, But uh, I, I, yeah, good, good observation though. And I, I do like the, uh, the Instagram post you put out. 
Next, uh, Chris. It uh, uh, should not be a surprise to me that uh, Eddie chose to zoom in on the cock and balls element <laughs> of. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one, Chris. Don't be surprised by that. No. What's happening here? <laughs> so we're seeing a picture well, of, um, of hands uh, embracing yes, an object or folded. something. Folded. I think they're just folded uh, <laughs> on top of a purse. Maybe this person's in church. I don't know. Church. You're going to say church. You want to go to church? Hands on top of a purse in church. Why not? Okay, let's zoom it out. Now, this is something that Gary actually tweeted. He was at a is it a hockey game with his son? Yeah, Detroit. Yeah. yeah. Hockey game. Dallas. I, saw the, I saw the hands and knew that it was at a Stars game, but I was trying to figure out how I took a photo with my hands like that. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> I was saying, I I was I thought it was your hands holding a purse. And I was <laughs> like, what? what is this? Uh, one more, one more real quick. Here we go. Zoomed Instagram. All right, Chris, are you ready for this one? Here we go, Chris. Are you ready? Here, here it is. I'm ready. So you see like an older woman. She looks like she might be vomiting. I'm not sure. What's that? I, I think that's uh, Janet Yellen at like a Fed meeting or like a cabinet meeting as part of the, the part of the administration. I'm not quite sure what the context is with the band or the guys, but I'm going to go with a, a, a presidential cabinet meeting. <laughs> Jared or Gary, you guys have a guess on, on whose Instagram or what this photo might be? No. It's I mean, not it, from it, mine, I don't think. It's got to be a picture of the from Jared's either, though. It could be a picture of the TV. Like, you know, it's one of those ones where you make an observation and it's like, but it looks like a lady playing bingo to me. <laughs> okay, let's let's zoom it out and see what happens here. No, uh, it's, actually, it's actually a photo of, it's a photo of Gary. Uh, he's at Light Farms. I think, uh, what, are, what are you doing here, Gary? I, uh, I sell real estate as well. And so I was at a uh, economic development committee uh, meeting. Oh, wow. Uh, where they're giving us an update on some of the stuff that's going around in that area. And then there's a woman vomiting. Yeah, hey, I knew it was you. an economics meeting. I you did, a, actually. A yeah. Committee meeting. So <laughs> you did reel that yeah. in, man. All right, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much. I know you got to get out of here. We appreciate you uh, coming on and uh, Rockstar Dad Show, of course, Bowling for Soup, all that good stuff. And yeah. uh, we appreciate you being part of the Adobe family. We'll have to bring you on again. Uh, it's fun yeah, to have you. Please have us anytime. We, we can stay longer next time. It's uh, kind of just fitting in. Oh, I gotta go get stuff out. No worries, no worries. Completely understand. All right, guys. Thanks for Remember, because I got a colonoscopy tomorrow. Remember, <laughs> right? You do have man. a colonoscopy tomorrow. Keep us up to date on that, please. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, thanks for having us, guys. See you, guys. I want to see that on Instagram, please. Yeah, zoom in. I will. All right, bye, I'll, bye, I'll guys. <laughs> hey, whether it hurts or it's pleasurable is all a state of mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, here it's your choice. Powers yours. Old old hat to me, sir. Old hat. Yeah. We'll be right back <laughs> on IW Radio. Uh well, before we wrap it up, a couple things to get to. Uh, so Tom Brady, he uh he made his six hundredth career touchdown, Jason. I know that you're very excited about this. I was so excited. I think the crazy part about this is he threw his six hundredth touchdown to Mike Evans, the first quarterback ever to throw that many touchdowns. Who's Mike Evans? Um, Is that one of the commentators or he's a receiver? Oh. Do you know how it works? <laughs> it is clear that, he doesn't. Right. 
<laughs> I don't know what you're talking um, about. And then celebration of the touchdown, um, Evans uh, gave the football to a fan in the stand. And you brought that video, show and tell. Jason actually brought this. I brought a video. Here it is. This is what happened. And, uh, of course, oh, audio as well. So we're seeing the play. Oh, oh, it's, it's caught. Yeah! We're seeing video, fan video, the guy in the stands. Very excited. 600 touchdowns. Yeah, so that guy got the... What would you do if if Elway gave you a ball, Jason? What what would you do if Elway Elway gave you his balls? What would you do? Well, the thing is, is uh, Brady didn't give him the ball. The receiver did. Whose ball so do you want on the NFL? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, obviously Brady wanted that football back, right? Like that's a historic, that's a monumental ball, right? Like it's history making. He He's wants got enough money to buy it back. Yeah, this buy it receiver back. just gave it away. Like you know, this is part of NFL history, right? Well, you didn't answer the and question. So, of whose balls you want? Uh, I don't know, man. I know there there are a lot of men in the NFL. It's hard to pick, right? Yeah. Well, this one's a little different because um, he agreed to give the ball back for like you know some some items from the uh, team store, and then afterwards, an appraiser uh, came on the record and said that that ball was worth at least half a million dollars, if not more. Oh shit! This guy gave the ball back without really getting anything. Mm. So my question to you is if you were in that situation would you have known that ball would have been worth so much and B, yeah. would you have given it back no I wouldn't have known it would be worth that much I figured I could squeeze a couple grand at least out of somebody and I definitely would not have given the ball back but uh, uh, yeah uh, half a million is a uh, surprise minimum Minimum. That's half actually million, a lot of money. Yeah, I, I maybe think. You know, appraisers can say whatever fucking number they want. Who's holding these guys to account? You know, appraisers have been well, just uh, running wild in our society <laughs> for decades. Chris has got it out for appraisers. Oh hell yeah! And maybe I misspoke. Is that uh, auctioneer? Auctioneer. Yeah, oh, well, they're, they're I mean, but it's all about what uh, I mean, I think the appraiser determines what someone's willing to pay and if they have a good idea of the bidding market. I think that's their job, right? They're or, basing it off of like um like home run ball, uh baseballs, you know, uh any home run or 500 hit home run, you know, how much those sell for. But this is I mean, there's like 30 like just under 30 players in MLB history that's hit a home run of our 500 home runs. Uh, Tom Brady's the first one to do 600 wow. touchdown passes. Good for him. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Yeah, right. Uh, w- more well-deserving individual that <laughs> hasn't had life handed to him on a pedestal. Uh, uh, so there was some clarification. The team did give this uh, fan more things you know, for his sacrifice. They gave him Season tickets for the rest of this year and next year. Lottie, Lottie F and Da. They gave him game worn cleats, a helmet, game worn cleats, autographed jerseys and shirts. 
Here's some. Like, here's a used. You're not making strap. up five hundred thousand dollars with that. Wow. You know who I think was at least it's this. something. At least, at least, yeah. At least a. <laughs> Mitch McConnell was behind this. That's who I think was behind it. Fifty percent off a beanie at the, uh, you know, at the merch store or something. Right. They gave him a thousand dollars credit at the merch store. <laughs> That's not enough, though. I think he should have gotten a suite for five years. I would have negotiated if I were him. I don't know. Why? Uh, you gave up your leverage. What's there to negotiate? You bad have PR. To bad them. PR. That's what, that's what you have. You could unleash a, a hell fire of bad PR if you hired the right person. Um, yeah, but nowadays, bad PR, like, you know, in a week, no one will remember. That's also true. Speaking of uh, football games, two Philadelphia Eagles fans were busted having sex in the bathroom during an Eagles Panthers game the other week at uh, the the Carolinas Bank of America Stadium. They were arrested. They went inside the men's room and then uh, did their thing, and police came in. Um, what were they arrested for? For having sex, public indecency or lewdness or something, probably. Yeah, but it's not public if you're behind a. Stall, are you? I think is it's it? still considered public. Why is it public if it's behind it's, a stall? It's, but my is it semi private? Like, do I, do I get do, am I, do I get like an indecent exposure charge if I go in a stall and uh, expose myself to urinate? Is that possible? I mean, I'm, I'm asking you, Chris, because that's your logic here. Yes. Okay, well, here's Absolutely. the... Here's Everyone's the, going to go sue people now. Yep, here's the, yep, yep, here's yep. The, here's the video you of these... You fucking knew what you were doing before uh, you did it, man. Yeah, right. Come on. Here are these two getting arrested. Uh, family's go- So, they're coming out of the stall, and there's police. There's like five police around them. Yeah. Uh, Who called the cops? Yeah, that's that's the. Thing I guess. Too. I guess. I guess there are like kids. Oh, the children. You know, think about the children. Yeah. Why won't somebody there, think of the children? Why are there uh, four feet in that stall? Don't pay attention. <laughs> yeah, just mind your own business. Unless maybe it was really loud. Maybe they should if they were quiet. And not bothering people with their noises, maybe nobody would have cared. But I have two questions for you guys. Yes. First question Have you ever come across someone having relations in a stall in a yes. public bathroom? Yes. No, not that exactly. But I was about to jump in. Uh, I took a little uh, a weekend trip to Chicago a couple weekends ago, and uh, I was at a bar with my wife. And uh, I watched this woman get up a couple seats down and like walk around the bar and I could see the uh, bathroom door from where she was. And she opened it and she was kind of like doing some sexy moves and kind of like doing the like come hither to her boyfriend or whatever. Can you stand up or can you demonstrate those moves? I don't What do you mean? I thought she was I thought she was enticing you. Kind of like (laughs) to the door, which is (laughs) weird. but. Anyway, 
no. You know, about 20 seconds later, the guy's like, uh, excuse me for a second to his pal. And uh, he goes in after her. All right, and uh, I whispered, I, I swear to God, I whispered as quiet as I could. I'm like, I think there's two people having sex in the bathroom. But I guess somehow the bartender heard me. I did not mean to narc. Oh, you got them arrested? But he goes and bangs on the... No, they weren't arrested. Oh. As a matter of fact, they just came back to the bar. And then with, with everything was fine. But uh, but why does the bartender guess, care is my question. Like, who? I mean, he should I guess be, he doesn't want to clean up semen at the yeah. end of the night. Right, yeah, but clean that up. Uh, that's assuming there's going to be semen. Uh, I, 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 what if there was? I, I, that's kind of a weird reason. To I don't know, like uh, what? What's the big deal? Just let them do their thing, and you know, make make your second, uh, vodka soda behind the bar if you're supposed to. Second question: Would yeah. you guys do that in a bathroom? In theory, yes. Yeah, why yeah. not? Who cares? Yeah. I mean, it's not a, at a football game though. That seems football like game. No, be because like the those uh, those stalls are not private at all. Like in any way, not like a pri- private bathroom. Like in a bathroom with multiple stalls, and you know, yeah, like yeah, like a public bathroom, but like one where I don't know for a fact other people are definitely going to come in. The idea is like maybe I'll get caught, not like I'll definitely get arrested or whatever, you know? Mm, right. <clears throat> gotcha. What about you? Same question back to you. You seem to be I don't know shocked. if I could. I'd just be like grossed out. I don't know if I could. That, that I mean, there's that factor too. It'd have to be like a super clean bathroom and almost like a, a yeah. private like... Um, I'm going to say no. Hmm. I don't think I can do it. I mean, it seems kind of fun and exciting if you can pull it off real fast, like in a couple of minutes. I mean, yeah, I bet. I mean, not a bathroom for me. It's not really uh, a scene. I want to be, be wine dined and taken to a fancy hotel. Got it. I'm not saying you that rose petals on the bed. Right. Some sheets. Yeah. Yes. yes sheets. I'm a man of class. a little, uh, uh, you know, Hmm. Yeah. Elton John yeah. on the radio or, you know, Elton yeah. John, the mood has Who, to be uh, set. Fig Newton or Newman or whatever that Fig guy, Newton. That, Fig Newton. What yeah. are you talking about right now? Fig Newton, put him on there the radio. Was some, there was what some kind of Las Vegas. You do? Nothing gets me the mood more than Fig Newton. Yeah. Wow, Chris really knows how to turn it on. Here are these Fig Newtons for you. <laughs> Wayne Newton. Oh. Wayne Newton. Fig Newton. Oh, right. When Chris is trying You're the to, one who likes it, Jason. When Chris is trying to get his wife in the mood, he just puts one Fig Newton on the counter. <laughs> he leaves a trail of Fig Newtons <laughs> to the bed. <laughs> the, the real brand, not the off brand, not the store brand. Fig Newton. The real Fig Newtons. <laughs> fig Newton. Name brand it's only. symbolism because they always cover the genitals with a fig leaf in Renaissance art. <laughs> Got it. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. symbols. You have to think. Uh, like the guy from the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> okay, it's horrible movie. Um, one final thing. This, I just want to blow out all this content that's been b- piling up, so I can get rid of it. I but we, we yeah. gotta we gotta do the uh, we're senator though. We have one more name on Shit, our countdown. There's that too. Thanks, Chris. So yeah, one, one more thing, and then our number one in the countdown for worst senator, top five worst senators. Chris, you almost. Uh, uh, thank you. I almost, I almost yeah. ruined the show. You saved. You it. saved the show, Chris. Um, You're welcome. Caught on video, a subway worker walked 
on food. <laughs> this is so stupid. Uh, a subway Wait. worker, he posted a video on YouTube of himself walking through food containers on the floor. So he like, you know, those little uh, containers of food, they're, I don't know how to explain it, but at Subway where, you know, the you hot, see like, the hot, yeah. whatever, like the, the trays or whatever that they put in the water. Yeah. The warm or whatever, cold. He like yeah. ma- he like laid those out, and I guess he played a game of like the floor is lava, and like stepped on <laughs> those only, and then it was dumb enough to post it up on uh, on YouTube. I don't know why you, but here's what happened. Here's yeah, the guy, and uh, we're watching now. The guy, uh, so this is a video. Of course, we're gonna post this on Instagram if you're watching on Adobe or listening on Adobe. So he's stepping on the cold cuts. Follow its news to us on Instagram to see this video. We'll post it. Yeah, he's just stepping on all the food. <laughs> Lettuce and onions, tomatoes. And then he puts it back where he's going to make sandwiches after that. So, yeah, this, so then he puts the food back. That's just rude. <laughs> Thank God we gave him credit. Uh... Yeah, so guess what happened to him? You, uh, he was got, promoted. He, was he arrested? Promoted. No, they took $200 out of his final... Uh, I guess he was fired. So he was fired. They took $200 out of his paycheck, and his boss, quote, felt angry and disrespected. That's When's it, the last uh, time you guys had Subway? Be your I don't know. It's been a minute. I was going to make a joke about how if you name your restaurant after like a urine soaked sewer where people are crammed in right. sweaty and hot to get shuttled around and in trains that, you know, cleanliness isn't really top of mind, but that's gross. No, I get what you're saying. I, I, I had food. that same thought as well. You know, Subway sandwiches, you know. Yeah, they yeah, we all know where that's going. But uh, yeah, so he was fired real quick. Yeah. If you're if you're a person, you recognize that guy, right? You see this story, you recognize him. You're like, oh, crap. I eat at that subway. And you go to that guy's uh, Twitter, Instagram, whatever the video was posted on. You find out that he did that on the exact day that you went there. Is there a case to sue subway for damages? You can sue anybody for anything at any time. Sure. Do, that, do you want to go? So it makes this it? country great. Yeah. God bless America. That's how you become top 1%. You see yep. your way to the top. That's right. All right. Um, That's my plan. We have to get to our worst senator in the nation real quick before we wrap up. The I, show. I'm very surprised it wasn't McConnell. That's, You're right. Uh, McConnell yeah, came in at number it's a bad two. guy. Uh, so yeah, this next person, watch out. I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. Here is the worst senator in America, according to our Halloween countdown on the uh, it's news to us Halloween episode. This man is a socialist. He believes that the minimum wage should be raised. Universal health care is a thing that he thinks should happen. He wants to transform our energy system to 100% renewable energy and create 20 million jobs. He also wants Oh my God, is it Alec Baldwin? (laughs) That guy, that's a bad guy. 
This, this, Bad dude. This bastard also wants to cancel student loan debt. The number one scariest senator is Bernie Sanders. Ah! <laughs> course that was just a i appreciate what you did there a little counterintuitive irony yeah no thanks well i guess that's it there was another one on the list but we totally f i I messed that up i'm sorry wait or maybe i did i don't somebody i did did. that somebody's getting i like how you ended it it it's good all right it leaves people uh disappointed this was what i was looking for so uh we'll be be back uh with another when you eat at subway yeah, just disappointed. We had to go over a little bit on content so I could edit the shit out of the first segment. Uh, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Chris was late. I got you. <laughs> All right. We'll be back next time. See everybody. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey.